Viva from hell with your host, Joe Snee. Welcome to a very special episode of the Joe Sneecast. This is a pandemic episode. I'm coming to you live from the beginning of the second wave. Probably not live, I'm not streaming this, okay? So, uh, you know, but I'm alive today. I've avoided the virus so far. I'm out in a backyard recording this. Got some shit I want to talk about. But basically, this is is how I'm living now. This is how I'm podcasting today. You know, I'm coming to you from the backyard. I'm posted up by the garden. I got some vegetables growing. My diet is fucking meat and vegetables. Occasionally I eat an apple. I do fuck with supplements. I think amino acids are important. But I'm trying to stay alive. Out here in what was the hot zone when this popped off. I'm in the fucking New York, New Jersey area. Why is it hell? I don't know, maybe because society's collapsing. I imagine Pompeii felt like this. I imagine Rome felt like this. I imagine China felt like this during the Cultural Revolution a little bit. You know, the world's on fire. People are flying drones overhead, seeing weird fucking planes, fighter jet style aircraft, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not a fucking, I'm not an expert on aircraft, but something wacky's flying above pretty often. You know, I've lived around airports my whole life. There aren't a lot of unmarked silver fucking aircraft that go super fast with passengers on them. first stimulus checks have come and went. Most of my neighbors spent it on louder speakers, new used cars, or, you know, swimming pools for the yard. A lot of small portable swimming pools have popped up. Fireworks are going off every night in a variety of directions. Uh, I have seen people light off fireworks, so I kind of know what's up, talk to a few people, I'm not going to comment, I don't know what's real and what's fake and what's fucking true and what's play and who's up for what, but there definitely are agendas out here, I'm not dumb enough to pretend there isn't, and I'm not dumb enough to try to break them down and fucking pretend I know what the agendas are, but I can see something is a foot, you know, everything you watch kind of reminds you how shit's not normal go to a grocery store, things have changed. Uh, Not that I go to a lot of grocery stores, I think that it's a bit unnecessary to shop at times like this. Deal with farmers directly. Don't eat processed foods, you know. That's my take, I'm not telling people how to live, but that's how I'm doing it. There's wind out here, so I hope it's not fucking my sound up too bad. Uh, I'm just gonna keep talking, you know. It's just me out here with the cat right now. I hang out with an outdoor cat named Catula. Take care of the little lady. Why is she called Catula? She was a pretty antisocial girl when I first met her. She would bear fangs at me every time she'd show up. But I could tell she was a sweetheart, you know, it's in the eyes. So I just kept feeding her and I kept loving her. And then. After a while, she just really warmed up to me. She's the most affectionate cat I've ever taken care of. 
She's like, I love her and she loves me. Uh, I scared off a few predators maybe at some times for her. I saw that another cat was bullying her and I told the other cat, get lost. And after that, she like followed me around. Like, she'll follow you up and down when you take walks. And she always rubs her leg, like rubs against my legs. She has that bunting with her head. And she's just such a tender, sweet cat. She makes these little predator noises under her breath, let you know she loves you when she's eating. So I love that cat, man. And she's out here with me today. That's, uh, she's basically my producer. So <laughs> all the mistakes with this show will uh, rest entirely on my shoulders. I'm sitting next to these really large bamboo I planted a few years ago. It was from one of those little desk cups. Someone had given it to my wife and uh, I don't know, I just decided to take care of it. One time I had my own bamboo plant back when I was working in an office environment like a decade ago and uh, I kind of forgot I had it and I felt really guilty afterwards. Uh, that being said, I gave it to like uh, a co-worker and they nursed it back to life, but just like that kind of carelessness for a living thing, even if it's a plant, I still feel like it's, there's no way to conduct yourself. So. I took this bamboo and it went from being like three inches tall to now it's a fucking tree. If I want to turn it into like a bamboo fishing pole or something out of like my own little anime, I'll be able to one day. Not that I will, I just like growing it. It's fucking, uh, it's panda food. You can't go wrong with panda food. A lot of music going on. No one's really working for long swaths of this uh, pandemic. There's a lot of joblessness and uh, the area I'm in reflects it so there's a lot of adults home in each house and a lot of uh, you know children teen everyone's around so it's loud there's a lot of competing music at times I'm coming to you from the morning I like to wake up early and be out here we're living through a kettlebell shortage that's pretty wild price of kettlebell price of fucking every consumer good that, you know, might be manufactured in countries where our borders are a little closed, or we're having little tiffs, uh, seem to have gone through the roof a little bit. So, like, I was looking at kayaks. I would say the price of kayak is higher than last year. I'd also say if you get a wrong kayak, fucking, there goes a couple days of your life with fucking sore back and muscles. Jesus Christ. I always have, like, you know, got lower back issues. I herniated some disc as a young man. That's the price you pay for living. Um... So if I don't have, like, appropriate back support on a fucking boat, it's just terror, you know? The wind's trying to blow my fucking, uh... Well, I, was... I grind up marijuana ahead of time to uh, save time, and I put it in a little, like, a little portable tin that I open up and load the bowl with. And the wind was trying to get me, so I had to, had to grab it real quick. It was distracting. That's why it's hell, man. I'm letting myself be distracted as I come to you without any guess or anything. Just drinking an energy drink, smoking a bowl, talking shit in my backyard. So what are we going to talk about today? This pandemic's making a lot of newly minted psychopaths. They kind of remind me of young vampires. Just, they're born into this world and they fucking have that hunger. They never felt it before. They don't know what to do with it. So start fights with each other about how far away they're standing or fucking. You just see all these little territorial pissings. People who have no business being disagreeable, being disagreeable with each other. They snap. 
too much stress. The news was too much. The news is only fun when it's on TV. When the news starts happening in your daily life, it kind of changes the flavor. A lot of people who enjoy watching the news don't really like being the news. At most, you want to run around in the back, flashing the middle finger and screaming crude things. When it's about how you're living, people seem to kind of change their behavior. So I've seen a lot of like squabbling. I'm not talking about the protest or, you know, the protest uh, offshoot riots, like, which are separate. You know, there are protests and there are riots. I'm talking about people who are just fucking with each other. And I don't really think it's political, per se. I've seen a lot of, you know, Instagram and YouTube are full of it. Where it's like just people in the city hitting each other with fucking poles and guys grabbing each other. And it's always those like fucking no one knows how to fight type situations where people are just taking these wild arm swings. And just kind of, I don't know, stomping on each other when they fall. You know, kind of like not technically good fighting, but it could definitely give you a concussion to hurt you very bad. So it's bad news. And to see that happening in society is not great. And I guess that goes to political accountability, right? Because these vampires, these makers, I mean, that's the politicians who created the social unrest, who created a situation where society is literally collapsing. But Joe, is it, are you blaming the president? Are you blaming fucking AOC? Are you blaming Joseph Stalin? Are you blaming Pol Pot? Are you blaming Jello Biafri? I don't fuck know. I don't know. I think it's fucking... I don't know. You know, I, I did fucking study political science in college for a while. We alluded to it on a past uh, episode. I did go to law school at some point. So I've thought about, like, these kind of issues. But they're, like, impossible to understand. You'll never truly know why anything happens the way it happens. All there is is space and time. That's all there truly is. To truly understand completely an event, the amount of information would be incalculable. I don't even know if AI would be able to really, like a historically significant moment experienced by a multitude of diverse individuals with different perspectives, seeing different things, processing it with different background knowledges, different psychological landscapes, different pharmacological landscapes. And everyone coming, trying to come to a consensus about what is reality. What truly happened in objective space. Hard, you know, it's hard to tell. You add history to that. You get people who will pretend they know. A lot of motherfuckers will tell you they know. But do they know? How are they living? What does it look like? Are they happy? Are they strong? Do they have a life that you envy? Envy's shit. I don't mean envy, but something you fucking aspire to. When you look at them, do they offer a path that seems like a path you would take? And if they do, maybe they know something. And if it doesn't, maybe they don't. Actions speak louder than words. I used to just think that was more words, you know? But then you start looking and it's like, oh, that makes sense. People who are out here living right they do things that are worth doing and people who don't don't you meet these fucking cretins rent seeking 
kind of like warlords of the local fucking block. <clears throat> and you're not gonna generally be inspired by them. Guys who like leech off others, men who take advantage of women, people who fucking lie to like hide alcoholism and stay drunk and shuck responsibility. Uh, anyone who victimizes anyone, really. Garbage. Just fucking garbage. And then you have people out here getting it. People who wake up early, go run up a fucking hill. People who lift kettlebells. You know, kettlebells rule. That's why there being a fucking kettlebell shortage. That should be big news. I hope you have your kettlebell. If I could have a fucking starter pack for my fans, it would have kettlebells in it. Get a 25 and 35 pound kettlebell. Uh, 35 is probably all you really need, but 25 is nice for some weird exercises. And then get heavy ones when you can, you know, and just load up on kettlebells. They never go bad. They never expire. If my house were to burn down, the one thing I'd grab is my 35-pound kettlebell. I don't need fucking photo albums. That shit happened. Kettlebells are the past, present, and the future. It's the perfect child's toy. You know, get your kid a fucking kettlebell, five-pound kettlebell. Show them what's up. Live by example. Family workouts. I worked out a lot as a kid. I think it's because my parents didn't like me being inside around them because I'm a high-energy individual, and I always have been. And, you know, I have a particular sense of humor that can sometimes lead to conflict within a home. At times, I've been called disagreeable. And I would say that's fair. Which is funny because it's not disagreeable, I guess. I will <laughs> acknowledge I'm disagreeable. Although sometimes, I'll be honest, I feel like I'm not being disagreeable when someone says I'm disagreeable because I've been disagreeable in the past and that will cause me to disagree with them. Uh, but yeah, I fucking played outside a lot. I dug holes. I fucking threw balls. My parents uh, bought me one of those like baseball things where the ball comes back to you. So even if my dad didn't feel like playing catch with me, no excuse for me not to play catch. Just play, play catch alone, son. Uh, you know, I've had little weights as a kid and I just basically did a lot of outside stuff also I had to do forced labor my dad was a fucking uh, like a blue-collar guy I would call him largely a plumber you know he was an unlicensed plumber he didn't get his plumbing license but it didn't stop him from doing plumbing <laughs> so it also didn't stop him from making me be like his day laborer, carrying buckets of stuff and carried a lot of drywall Demolition was fun. I got to, you know, break a lot of stuff with a sledgehammer growing up. And as a teen, it didn't seem bad. I cut down trees for people, like fucking landscaping. Just general blue-collar stuff. And I didn't even mind it. I just shoveled snow as a kid. Physical activity. And now my back hurts, you know. Basically, uh, if I met Moses, it's because he probably like, would have came down to the construction site and saw me building the pyramid. You know, and we probably would have bust each other's balls, and maybe we would have got high, but uh, I would have still fucking been pretty sore from a day's work, and he would have had a cool robe, you know. And that's always what happens. Guys with cool robes tell fun stories, and they kind of lead uh, society sideways, and we're seeing that all over again. How am I going to respond to the pandemic? What does this make me think? It's a rough one. I think it shows you that a lot of what people take for granted can't be taken for granted. You can't count on things to be the way they were yesterday. 
But if you were doing that, I mean, you were already in error. David Hume talked about that a long time ago. Just because the sun came up today doesn't mean it's going to come tomorrow. If that's what you're basing the fact that the sun will come up on, you're fucking up. Like, you got to understand physics. You got to understand why. You know, so if you are stressed out, Walmart's closed. You got to understand why is Walmart closed. Uh, but I don't really like talking about fucking current events. That was never my intention. I never wanted to start a podcast just so I could weigh in. I didn't want to have, like, social media plus where, like, not only can I fucking like and dislike or whatever, I can also add a little comment. I think that's why social media became so gross to me. It was just everyone weighing in. I remember when I was young, Fox had this thing where it was, like, scratch and sniff TV, and it was, like, fucking, like... There were some good shows back then that I enjoyed. Uh, Al Bundy, whatever the fuck that one was, Martin, and, like, you watch it, and, like, at some point you scratched it, and it smells like popcorn, it's popcorn, and it's like, ah, cool. And then fucking, you know, social media tried to do that with the world. No one needs your Yelp review of Arby's. They don't. They know or they don't know. I've never been to Arby's in my life. I'll never go. It's not for me. It's not for me. I like protein. I like protein. I don't eat bread. So, like, why would I go to a sandwich place... And if I was going to eat a sandwich, it would be like a low... I'm from fucking New Jersey. If I'm going to eat a sandwich, it's going to be a sandwich. It's going to be made with love by a guy who fucking knows that sandwich. I'm going to get a bacon, egg, and cheese from a deli. I'm going to go to like an Italian, uh, you know, shop and get uh, fucking nice cured meats, good vegetables, like roasted red peppers, fresh mozzarella. I'm not going to get fucking Arby's, you know? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're a fast food person and you're listening to this and you're like, that's weird. You seem like an elitist. And I'm like, maybe a little. Maybe with that. Yeah, I don't think you should put garbage inside your body. You literally are what you eat. It gives you the energy you become. How many people eat fish sticks and conquer the world? I'm just thinking about that for a minute. I can't name... Even Gorton, I bet he didn't eat fish sticks. Also, if you go up to where that Gorton's is from, uh, Gloucester, Gloucester, you want to call it Gloucester if you're not from there, but it's Gloucester, they say, up in, it's right north of Boston. A lot of, that's dangerous as shit. Gorton's a terrible leader, probably. A lot of the motherfuckers had drowned. There's like a big plaque. That's where the perfect storm happened. Uh, for the movie with George Clooney, it literally happened where Gorton, the fisherman, fucking set up shop. But going to the beach is political here now, too. It's like a statement of, uh... My doctor said wearing a mask or not, and, like, the chances you take in a pandemic correlates 100% with promiscuity. And, uh... Because he's a doctor, I'm just gonna believe him. Like, I... That's a good one. It sounds right. It sounds into... So, like, it's the new herpes, you know? And you go fucking... I drove by this barbecue spot. I was headed somewhere else. And wall-to-wall, uh, wall, man, elbow-to-elbow, elbow. no one wearing masks, everyone just enjoying barbecue. I go to, like, the secret barbecue spots, you know what I mean? I'm more likely to pick up barbecue from what looks like half a house in, like, a hidden community in an area infested with bears or something. I've uh, been hitting up lakes a lot, which is lovely. I love nature. I love nature. And that being said, like, civilization collapsing, society collapsing, it doesn't change nature too much or my relationship with nature. Uh, seen a lot of dead deer, 
But other than that, plants have grown very wonderful this year. Very lush. Soil seems healthy this year. But the drums of war continue to beat, you know, and uh, shit has not improved anything. Fucking war is hard on the trees. <laughs> it's rough on people, but for trees it's even worse. Uh, that's not COVID. I'm out here smoking a little of that medicine. Communion with Ja. But yeah, you can't just make vampires and leave them running around crazy. That's every vampire movie's like the come down. Like, uh, think about it. You know, Brad Pitt versus Tom Cruise, and then you had the kid and stuff. All like a uh, Anne Rice actually wrote very cool books. I wrote a fucking book report on her when I was in middle school. We had to read an author, like, a bunch of their books. So I was like, Anne Rice, I really like vampires. And then I'm reading it, and in one of the vampire uh, chronicles, or whatever the fuck it's called, number one, a lot of her vampires uh, are LGBTQ, which I guess is it was awesome to be exposed to young, all the sex practices of LGBTQ vampires made me uh, open-minded, but I'm from a blue-collar family, so it was, uh, I didn't really have an outlet to discuss that. The sex talk I got as a kid was don't. <laughs> that was about it. So that was fun. But uh, one thing that she included always was, uh, you know what, just read it. I don't want to even talk about it. Uh, but yeah, basically she's proof that you can't just make baby vampires and leave them without instruction, because they will get gross on their own. They might shop at Brooks Brothers, but they will get gross. And Brooks Brothers went out of business, so now they're just getting gross. You make a bunch of psychopaths, you kind of have like a duty to train them up right. You know, I think that's what uh, that's what being a sensei is about, man. When they come to your dojo and you teach them roundhouse kicks, you also got to teach them respect and to eat vitamins. Hulk Hogan knew what was up. So I'm disappointed in these arc vampires who uh, run society. Who created all these new vampires out here just biting each other just dripping blood all over the carpet I've noticed a, can, a funny thing I've been noticing is that a lot of people in my area continue to buy lottery tickets during the pandemic scratch-offs still litter the ground they're now joining the suboxone uh, rappers and the fucking discarded masks you know, uh, the discarded mask is the only new thing. It's a suboxone and the lotto tickets. That that was here, uh, you know, back in the good old days <clears throat> as well. But people are buying lotto tickets. And it's like, how could you feel lucky? Also, everything on, like, uh, all the indicators are that, like, money is about to be worth less than the paper it's printed on, perhaps. I mean, when a country takes trillions of dollars in new debt out, and people are just throwing money. As soon as people are willing to give you something without a fight, it probably isn't worth anything anymore. So when the government starts sending you free money, I'd be skeptical of two things, the government and the money. And there's just a lot of talk about a lot of funding going to a lot of things and a lot of money just changing hands real fast. That causes me a bit of suspicion about the nature of... Uh, you know, anytime you had to line up for a free gift as a kid, like, oh, they're giving away a free fucking Frisbee at Toys R Us. It's always the shittiest Frisbee. 
You don't go there and get like an ultimate frisbee quality, cool print fucking frisbee. You get some dinky dog bowl made out of shit plastic that you're just going to litter your basement with. Viva from hell. No sirens so far, but it is getting sunny, and I am very fairly complected, so I might just catch fire like the vampires I talked about. With all this virus going around, a lot of people have been dying. They say a quarter million motherfuckers might be gone by the time the election hits. They were saying millions before, though, so who fucking knows? But a hundred thousand something have died already while I'm recording this. Maybe it was like 160 or something, last I checked. And uh, it got me thinking about a funny phenomenon, and that is the deathbed confession. To which I think that might be the most pussy move on earth. And it's also such a selfish thing to do to somebody. Like, whoever you share that shit with, if your deathbed confession doesn't come with where the fucking treasure's buried, just some bad news, you're kind of a fucking motherfucker, man. A lot of deathbed confessions are just someone that another person loves a good deal telling them, like, yo, I ran over someone once and I hit, I hid the evidence. Or, like, just something terrible. And you're like, I loved you. Why would you tell me that? And then they should be like, well, yeah, and then all the treasures in the cave. If it's not awesome what you did, if you just did some, like, fucking pussy shit that you fucking, like, were afraid and you had to cover up, like, a, a fucking, I don't know, like a mark-ass bitch, <laughs> then I can't respect it. You should keep that shit to yourself, especially when you die. Like, how is your conscience more clear that you told a child, a woman a confidant, whoever, some deep dark secret that was bothering you and you're supposed to be a badass motherfucker. That's how I know that Ed Sheeran paint how he didn't kill fucking Jimmy Hoffa. There's no way that motherfucker killed Jimmy Hoffa. Number one, anyone who knows anything says that's not who did it. So that makes me think he didn't do it. Number two, real motherfuckers keep shit to themselves. They're not out here talking. People who talk tend to be fucking liars. Number three, as an Irish American, I'm a very skeptical of other Irish Americans. That's their fault, not mine. And Ed Sheeran was an Irish American, so that's that. But also, the story didn't play out right, you know? Look into it, it's out there. This ain't my story, I don't fucking know shit. I didn't kill Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't kill Jimmy Hoffa, I don't know. I had an uncle uh, who they always told me he got fucking whacked, uh, you know, before I was born. And then my response to that was like, well, he must have done something. What'd he do? I'm not just going to be upset that someone got whacked, even if, like, what the fuck did he do? People, like, the mafia doesn't kill you for no reason. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. And honestly, when you hear about how Hoffa was conducting himself, how he had all these, like, unrealistic expectations, how he thought he was going to get put right back on top of the Teamsters and all that, fuck him. Fuck him. It's not weird that Jimmy Hoffa got hit. It's weird that anyone gives a fuck. Every unsolved mystery is an unsolved mystery. You know what I mean? Why is that one particularly more interesting? Was he had fucking gold bars strapped to his fucking corpse or something? Because then I'd want to know where his body is. But other than that, I honestly don't get it. Fuck Jimmy Hoffa. And fuck Ed Sheeran. And fuck that movie. That movie fucking sucked. I love Martin Scorsese. I even love that fucking weird funny movie he did at some level. 
The Departed's the best. Goodfellas might be the greatest movie of all time. Except it's about Hank Hill or whatever, who's a fucking tattletale. But they even have Mike Franchase in there as like a character and like oh, some of the scenes in Goodfellas the best. And Ray Liotta was perfect. He was just perfect. So that, I don't know, that might be one of my, like, I, uh, people, I don't know what movie they expect me to like, you know, but I like Goodfellas a lot. I also like Blue Velvet and Rushmore. Uh, that might round out my top three. I refuse to watch Shawshank Redemption, that movie. It's stupid. It's a stupid concept. Um, also, Stephen King's not really for me. I thought about it. It's just, I don't know. I just, I tend not to enjoy his stories that much. Every once in a while he gets me. I think he's underrated for how funny he is. But this, I like Joe Hill's books more, like his kid. I thought, uh, fuck it, I thought Nosferatu was amazing when I read it. Like that sh I don't know about the show. I'm not really big on watching TV. I think watching TV is a waste of time. If you're watching TV, you should be exercising. Why are you sitting there looking at something someone else did for that extended period of time? Who gives a fuck? And then they try to advertise shit to people. Oh my god, like... It's the scratch and sniff thing, you know? That's a bounty paper towel. I have bounty paper towels. Something about film fucks people. Everyone wants to see where they are on camera, on their television. And I never understood, you can just go outside and look at where you are. I'm getting way in the weeds here, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of babbling. That's the problem, with two flies just landed fucking in front of my microphone. It's very hard to uh, pay attention when you're getting high by yourself in a garden. <clears throat> Medicinally, this is all medicine. Let's think, what should we say now? Box tops for education are like, you buy a box of cereal, you cut off the UPC, you can put it in like a bag, send it to your kid's school, your kid's school collects a bunch of them from other parents at home, cutting out pieces of cardboard, and then General Mills sends them a check for like $3 that they help fucking buy Ticonderoga pencils with. And that got me thinking, like, Box Tops for Education is basically Marlboro Miles for nerds. Marlboro Miles were like a cigarette promotion where you save the side of the cigarette and then you could trade it in for, like, a canoe or boat, a uh, fucking guitar or, like, a new shirt or a cowboy hat. It was like you could participate in this way of life that, like, you were imagining while you were smoking. But if you thought about how many dollars you probably spent per item, like, you know, a canoe probably cost you like $18,000 worth of cigarettes. And the same exchange rate's happening with these box tops for education. And at some point, it's like, if you want to give the school money, why don't you just not eat Rice Krispies and give them three fifty? If you're so smart, you know, you care so much about education, why didn't you see that option? What is it about, like, the idea that a little bit goes back that makes us feel okay with our choices? 
I would have ate frosted mini wheats, but Cheerios gives five cents back to the fucking school. What's that have to do with anything? Why does your breakfast have to do with anything you're doing? Why does everyone want companies to express their social fucking beliefs? If you want to have, like, what is the nexus between t-shirts and ending human trafficking? I mean, sometimes those t-shirts might be made by people who have been human trafficked. So just don't buy any shirt. Or go find someone who's been human trafficked and save them. But buying a shirt to save them, that seems like a pretty convoluted process. Like there's a probably more direct way you could get that done. But people love charity and they don't really give like, they don't really push back too far about what it means. They just want to feel good. I gave to charity. What charity? I gave to the American This Disease fucking foundation. What'd they do? They paid secretaries and bought land. Did they help anyone with that disease? No, they spread awareness. Oh, okay. So now more people know there's a disease. But who doesn't know about the fact that there are fucking diseases? Also, why does every cancer need its own awareness? Can't we just name a body part, say cancer, and be aware that that happens? Everything gets cancer, right? Knee cancer, joint cancer, finger cancer, titty cancer, asshole cancer, fucking lung cancer, tongue cancer, you know? So just, it's pretty easy. You just take a part and you add cancer and think about how it would suck to die of that. And now you're aware of it. You guys can have all one ribbon. All one ribbon. Also, please don't get the ribbon tattooed on your body. Why would you put something that's on a bumper of someone's car on your neck forever? Cause someone in my family had the disease. You won't forget. You won't forget. And if you're the kind of person who has it tattooed on your fucking neck, you probably won't let anyone else forget. And that's why I don't talk to you anymore. Yeah, so I'm coming out here from the, the fucking yard. This was the Joe Sneecast. Viva from hell with your host, Joe Snee. These are my special gorilla episodes. What can I promise? I can promise I'm going to talk some shit. I can promise that. I'm going to tell a story or two over time. I might get Liz out here with me. We might fuck around and do some bits, do a little, like, uh, comedic playing you know, I like to fuck around and develop ideas, some character shit. But basically, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say you know too much because I'm by myself and uh, I'm saying, that's my um. I used to say fuck a lot in that situation, but I thought it made me seem a low class, so I tried to smooth that out. That was like a late teen thing, you know. I'm a bit more advanced than that now, for better or worse. <clears throat> But we're out here, it's the pandemic. We had the fucking protests, we had the riots. We're having phase two. We're having global issues. There's an election coming. Shit's gonna continue to spiral. Shit's gonna continue to pop off. And I'm gonna continue to fucking talk uh, about what's on my mind. It's hard to completely avoid the fucking talk of the day. You know, it'd be like being... I wonder if there was any like comedians during World War II who just didn't address it. 
we're like, you know, I do dick and fart material. <laughs> World wars are outside the scope, man. That's not my matrix of inspiration. Uh, I don't know what my shit is. I just, like, whatever's on my mind, I feel like I have to talk about it at times. And uh, it's hard to get your thoughts organized when society's falling apart. But we're going to try our best, and that's what this is about. You got to exercise. They say everyone's getting fat during the pandemic. I look around, I see it. A lot of people uh, who live in the neighborhood put on a few pounds. Some of my family members, uh, like extended family, have, uh, you know, not been keeping up with their workout regimens. And uh, I think that's a mistake. I think in times of crisis more than ever, you need routine. And I think the best thing to give yourself routine is exercise. Be out there earning it. If I miss a day, I feel just disappointed. It's hard to go to the gym. There is no gym. What can you do? You never needed a gym. The gym is a beautiful place. That is an amusement park. Gyms are the funnest places I've ever got to go my whole life. You got all that equipment. Each one's like a ride, and you don't need tickets. You, when you go to the gym, you got the fucking wristband. And that wristband is, you know, your ability to get some. Oh, I hate leaving sets on the table, you know? So at home, what do you do? You get bands. Boom, looped resistance bands. No excuses. You can do so much cool shit with a looped resistance band. Get a kettlebell if you can. Boom. Kettlebell is a fucking all-in-one workout station. You got push-ups. You got dips. You can get a fucking heavy rope. You can buy a battle rope. They're expensive. You can get a shipping rope and put electric wire around, uh, electric tape on the ends. You know what I mean? Just those motions. Slam ball. Be creative. You're probably not going to get Nautilus machines in your backyard. But that's no excuse not to get after it. And, uh... You know, I love a heavy bag. I think hitting the heavy bag. The weird thing with heavy bags when you bring them up, people have like a strange reaction when they're always like talking about aggressiveness or that's how I get my frustration, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't understand that because for me it's just I love hitting the heavy, heavy bag. It's uh, an enjoyable time. I like to concentrate on it. I like to feel like uh, my improvement. I like to, uh, you know, do combinations that I've practiced and just, you know, watch the fluidity and the footwork improve, and it's just, you know, it's a skill set. It's a fun skill set that might be useful to you one day, but if it never is, it's still a great skill set. One of my favorite old phrases was, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And that's probably true most of the time. Although, if the war got real bad and no one had food, that gardener might, you know, if he's clever, he could probably press his advantage a little, and, you know get his own little army working for him but that had to be a pretty clever gardener so in general learn the box uh, but yeah I got I switched to that upper bag uppercut style teardrop bag and it's great just it's fun to move around I like being able to throw uppercuts and like actually like you know do them correctly because I got in the standard bag can't really throw an uppercut so I don't know exercise if you're listening to this and you're looking for what to do today, exercise. But I'm not trying to tell no one how to live. I'm just talking about what I enjoy. I enjoy drawing and I enjoy fucking around, being creative, and I enjoy exercise. Uh, and with those things, even if society closes, you'll be pretty alright. Nature doesn't really get shut off. They might close state parks, but the wilderness is wild. 
and you can just access it when you want. But it's like that, you know, it's like going to the gym as an amusement park. You have a forever ride pass or whatever, but it's your own ability to enjoy it. You have to be capable of taking part, you know, so that fitness level is important. And that inspires me not to eat bad. That inspires me to stay on. Like, I'm on a carnivore style diet, I guess, although I do eat some fruits and vegetables that are grown uh, locally or by me. So I don't know what that is per se. I don't ever follow like a diet like that other people make up 100%. I have like my own ways of eating. Uh, I have a kind of weird digestive stuff. I think I'm allergic to fucking glycophosphates. That's my own take on it. I won't eat them. I don't think they're good for you. Um, I don't want to eat sodium benzenate or any kind of weird chemicals. So processed food's out. Processed food's out. I think wild meat's where it's at. During the pandemic, I kind of been eating like a Disney villain. I've eaten most of God's good creatures that, uh, you know, are high in protein, low in fat, good for you. Elk's the king. I eat a lot of elk. Emu, fucking emu rules. Kangaroo's not bad. Kangaroo's real mild. That's what's interesting about it. But like Denver leg of kangaroo, ooh. You make some awesome tacos. Tacos are the best. Corn tortilla, you know, is a fucking carb I will slip in once or twice a week as a cheat. A little bit of rice here or there. But other than that, just keep it natural. Protein, a little bit of uh, vegetables and fruit. And that's what I'm doing. I haven't had a fucking soda in so long. In college, I used to drink like three Diet Cokes before I got out of bed just so I can get to the coffee pot to put it on. And, uh, you know, I've been doing the natural thing, more or less. Although I still mix up some pre-workout. That's like a, I mean, I'm a gentleman. A gentleman needs to have pre-workout. How else can you be living? <clears throat> so I'm gonna record some of this. Uh, just out here, just talking. This is a pretty basic setup. I got a microphone, and I have a telephone that the microphone plugs into, and I got some uh, low-grade uh, headphones on, and that's where I'm coming to you from. Hopefully, I'm gonna be able to throw this up on iTunes and Spotify, and uh, we can get back to podcasting. Cause I missed it, but I wasn't gonna hop on fucking Zoom. Uh, not that every Zoom podcast was bad. I've enjoyed a lot of Zoom podcasts. It was the only thing I really watched. I don't watch television shows per se, so I just enjoy podcasts. And if I'm not listening to them while I'm doing something, sometimes I'll throw one on YouTube and enjoy it. And uh, you know, the real ass podcast with Luis J. Gomez, his Zoom episodes, hilarious. They're some of the funniest podcasts I've ever seen. Uh, his magic episode, if you haven't seen that, you're missing out. It's with Shane Gillis, Lewis Does Magic. Oh, it's so funny. It's it's so funny. It, what a brilliant use of that technology. So, if you haven't seen that, you're missing out. It's better than The Tiger King, which was the fucking big hit of the pandemic. The Tiger King was a trip. I saw parts of it. Liz watched it. She liked uh, that. I thought he, this seemed interesting, but I don't know. Just TV's not for me, so I'm not going to talk about television very much. But... You know, also Zoom was owned by a Chinese company, 
and it appeared out of nowhere. So the chance of it being like some kind of thing where you're getting spied on, I felt was really high. Uh, I'd rather do my own little lo-fi directly into a fucking audio file podcast. If you hacked into this, you probably just stole my phone, <laughs> you know? And uh, fuck you, it's a, not that great of a phone. You're gonna be pretty disappointed. It has a crack in it. So that's it. Beaver from Hell with your host, Joe Snee. This is our first time talking in the backyard. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to coming back. I'm going to try to do this at least twice a month, and I will see you next time. Peace.